The United States has hit a record for billion dollar weather disasters uh, in a year with only four months to go. We're going to be discussing that today on the left wing. My name is Desmond Price of the Independent Thought Podcast, joined by my co-host, Dr. Erica of Cocktails and Capitalism, and our special guests for today, uh, Jordan and Heather from the 805 Uncensored Podcast. So I'm going to throw this up here on the screen. We have this little clip here from Ground News, where they say that the U.S. has set the record for billion-dollar weather disasters in a year. They also have this chart here where they're showing all the different weather disasters that have happened all over the country. This was a great piece of reporting by them, so really appreciate this, as well as this graph here that shows all the different, I guess, um, devastation that's happened year over year as we go back all the way to 1980, and we're seeing the precipitous climb of all the different disasters happening in this country going now to 2023. This piece is from the Associated Press, where they say the deadly firestorm in Hawaii and Hurricane Adalia's watery storm surge helped push the United States to a record for the number of weather disasters that cost $1 billion or more, and there's still four months to go. Now, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announced on Monday that they have been that there have been 23 extreme weather events in America that have cost at least $1 billion through this year through August, which is eclipsing the year-long record total of 22 that was set in 2020. So far, this year's disasters have cost more than $57 billion and have claimed 253 lives. Now, the NOAA's count doesn't yet include Tropical Storm Hillary's damages hitting California and the deep drought that has struck the South and the Midwest because those costs are still to be totaled. Now, the Adam Smith, who is a climatologist for the NOAA, said, we are seeing the fingerprints of climate change all over our nation. I would not expect things to slow down anytime soon. So climate change. We talk about this all the time, whether it is addressing the obviousness of what's happening in this country and around the world, or if we're talking about people like Vivek Ramaswamy, who say that it's all a hoax, you know, because that's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to just like bring this right to our guests, first and foremost. This was the topic that, you know, both of you had mentioned to me was, you know, you know closest to you as far as things you wanted to discuss this week. When we're seeing the devastation from climate change all over the place, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? And what do you think needs to change in order to get some true traction with this cl climate crisis that we're facing? I would say the first thing that comes to mind is the interconnectedness, the intersectionality of climate change is, I think, what interests me the most about it, how it's connected to so many other political topics. Um, this is a very near and personal issue to Heather and I. Um, I don't know if your viewers know this or if even you guys know this. Um, Ventura County is the fastest warming county in the lower 48. Oh, wow. wow. Um, we've actually increased by about four to five degrees just like in the last 50 years. Whoa. Um, there was a graphic I put up on our Instagram account just talking about the temperature change across the United States since Barbie was released in wow. 1959. Oh. <laughs> which, if you think about it, like in, in geologic time frame, like in in the context of earth's history that that's a blip in the eye so whenever yeah. you have people that try to gaslight you and say that the climate has always changed that there's always been kind of natural fluctuations ebb and flow etc it's absolute nonsense yeah. um in, in the context of just like the, those last few decades um 
this has been the hottest summer on record. Something that I was thinking about is kind of like that that meme that goes around about the Simpsons, <laughs> where it says one like, "Oh, this is the the hottest summer," and then the, the next character says like, "Oh, this is the coldest summer you'll ever see the rest of your life." It's <laughs> like that's so true. But just like from like an anecdotal perspective, growing up in the state of California, I've seen the weather change. Uh, I grew up in Northern California. Every single fall um, around Halloween. It was always very cold. We always had frequent rainstorms. Now that's that's fire season. Like everybody yeah. in Northern California immediately thinks of um, in Northern California they're called the Diablo winds for the wildfires. In Southern California they're called the Santa Anas. Mm. But it, it has completely flipped the seasons. Uh, everything is so much more variable with precipitation. Now in the state um, we get record downpours all the time, like we saw in the last winter. Um, we don't get these like steady rainstorms and there's not really much of a shoulder season anymore either. Like uh, you have wildfire season that drops off and then it seems like you just jump immediately into winter. Mm. And then, so we get all these mudslides from all the vegetation that was burned off. And just in that short period, I've seen how erratic the climate has become. Um, and Heather and I were kind of talking about this uh, before we like started the recording aspect of this. Uh, what's really driving a lot of these flooding events across the United States is the intensity of the rainfall. And so like in F Fort Lauderdale, Florida, for example, earlier this year, um, they received 24 inches of rain in a 12 hour period, wow. which is wow. just an incredible amount of rain. Um, and, and that's happening all over the country. Uh, where my sister lives in St. Louis last summer, they received nine inches of rain in like six hours. Jeez. And so, you know, you have news stories where, where they're interviewing people that have lived in these places for generations. And they're like, oh, we've never seen anything like this before. Um, <laughs> and it, it's it's really incredible how intense uh, the climate crisis is getting. And I'll, I'll pass it on to Heather because I feel like I did a lot of rambling there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing about um, climate change where we are right now is I feel that we have spent so much time arguing about one, whether or not it's happening. Okay. And two, yeah. I, yeah. And two, uh, why, like why it's happening. So, yeah. so those are the two things, the two, the two arguments that, have really dominated the discourse around climate change for for decades now. We've yeah. spent so much so much time doing that that we are now in it and we are not prepared and we do not have the governance um, in place to 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 get to get through it. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned I think you said two hundred and thirty five people have died. Uh, this year in the United States alone as yeah. a result of um, cl climate. And I, and I fear that that's only going to escalate. And we do not have uh, policy measures in place to, to stop that. You know, we don't have uh, federal heat regulations. Uh, we have a lot of states that have absolutely no heat protections for, for workers. When we get back to COVID, um, and the and pandemic diseases, we don't have a lot of workplace OSHA regulations that mm -hmm. protect workers from uh, from getting ill with you know the next big catastrophic uh, 
a disease uh, or even COVID, which is is still a, a problem for especially for workers. COVID is an occupational um, disease now. We we don't have any types of stop gaps in place because we've spent so much time arguing. And so um, I I I think that when you hear like Joe Biden and other you know politicians go on and say that this is an existential threat, I think that. Uh, that's true, but I think that they have been a part of what has made it existential. Yeah. Um. I yeah. just I just participated in a in a a working group, um. That kind of like analyzed the in uh what's it called the Inflation Reduction Act, mm-hmm. um. And its actual impacts on climate and so much of it at this point is really actually theoretical. Like the EVs, they have evidence of that, but like um, the investments in climate infrastructure, uh, there hasn't even really been that much uptake of that. Uh, less, than a, less than a third of the money that they've allocated for that has even been requested. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm honestly scared. I'm scared for myself. I'm scared for my family. I'm scared for my kids because we don't have policies and protections in place. And I see that as a failure of government, of governance. And honestly, like, you know, we could get into a much different conversation about social contracts, but it's a failure. We, we have had a, a, a total failure because we spent all our time arguing. Yeah. And that's where we are. <laughs> well, I don't know. Also, I don't know. like, what about just like from an infrastructure perspective? Like a lot of the reason that we have um, besides the direct climate change problem that we have the compounding um, infrastructure issues and these billion dollar disasters piling up is because we haven't updated our infrastructure in accordance to the changing climate. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to keep on getting worse because we've already fallen so far behind. Like, you know, Florida, for example, I, I don't even know what we do with Florida. I mean, almost the entire state is at sea level. All the major cities are surrounded by bodies of water. Yeah. It's it's effectively a rainforest that's been clear cut, replaced with strip malls and suburbs. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to respond to what Heather was saying about we've spent so much time arguing. I think it's really important to point out that 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 is these arguments are astroturfed. These arguments are manufactured by the uh, oil and gas companies. Yeah. Exxon knew in the 70s exactly what they were doing in terms of climate change. They paid scientists to study the shit and they knew and then they buried the results of their research so that and not only buried the results of their research, but paid scientists to go out and say, like do propaganda for the fossil fuel industry where they would cast doubt on the science about climate change, where they would say, well, you know, there's all this uncertainty there, you know, I mean, and there's all the cyclicality and how the climate works and everything. So we can just, if we cast enough doubt on that, people will be so bogged down with the arguments about whether or not it's happening and whether or not it's man-made and whether or not it's human-caused, anthropogenic, um, that we won't ever get around to stopping the fossil fuel industry from raping and pillaging the planet and destroying future life for future generations generations on this planet like this is 
manufactured confusion and argumentation that that then the people on the right just swallowed up those that those talking points about confusion about climate change and they're just regurgitating fossil fuel propaganda they need to we need to be showing people how they have become fools for the fossil fuel company uh, for, for the fossil fuel industry they have just become completely blindsided by them and if they start realizing that they've been duped like that is a little little bit of my hope there for the future is that people start realizing these people this is a conspiracy to make me not believe in the thing that is going to kill me. <laughs> I mean, even recycling is manufactured propaganda from the oil and yeah. gas industry yeah. mm -hmm. to save the plastic industry. Totally. Well, I think you also have to look at, um, you know, uh, politics and the way that elections, this gets back to the issue of election reform and the way that elections have impacted this. Because even at the local level, um, you have people that are elect they're just placed in a in a seat and then they just do what they're told right uh so we talked about a politician in in our county who sh you know she's taken a, a million dollars of of money from oil and gas industry okay and so recently we did just this last week um they the oil companies have been suing our county uh, about language in our general plan uh, relative to venting, which which directly impacts, uh, you know, when the the oil rig is vented, right? That's mm -hmm. part of what is why our count, as Jordan mentioned, our county is the fastest forming county in the, in the forty eight states of the continue contiguous United States. Um, but the the oil and gas industry has so much of a chokehold around these politicians. And yeah. it doesn't matter if they're to the right or to the left. Yeah, the, they have so much of a chokehold, and they are so afraid of being sued that they just make the language in the the general planning and the policy so weak. So yeah. this week, yeah. so this week, they amended our language in in our general plan for our whole county. Um, to say that the companies will only have to vent, you know, appropriately if it's feasible, if it's feasible, and they get to decide whether or not it's feasible. And that to me is, is again, a failure of government. It's a failure of good governance. It is a failure of leadership. We don't have leaders. We just have people that are kowtowing to, yeah. to as, as you just said, the gas and oil industry to their propaganda um and and to the money that they've put into politics and now if they can't buy you they they sue you yeah. yeah uh and that's happening on the right and the left because let me tell you in that case with the venting here in ventura county a democrat is the chair of the county board and he voted to change the language too because he's afraid of being sued wow even though the 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 insurance commissioner for the state of California said there was that our general plan is constitutionally sound, so you you could sue us, right? And who cares? Yeah. They're so afraid. They're cowards. Yeah, and you know, to your point about the fossil fuels industry's chokehold on politicians, the Inflation Reduction Act was originally going to be a very extensive, expansive act that was going to do a lot for the climate. And I think people keep forgetting this that like. 
the original plan was actually really really fucking huge yeah and and then because of fucking joe manchin and other like people that were just there to spoil like who are completely propped up by fossil fuel money and coal money and things like these people ruined our chances of having this incredibly huge environmental the most environmental bill in history i mean it still was but it was pathetic compared to what it was originally going to be before um mansion you know decided that he was not going to let it pass and cinema mm. as well and yeah these people with the fucking fossil fuel money in their pockets ah! <laughs> what was it uh upton sinclair he was like never expect a man to understand something when his salary is dependent on him not understanding yeah. it yeah such a good quote man we should post that <laughs> online <laughs> that or the fear we had a we had a county supervisor because ventura county is is an oil and gas county we we are a oil an oil county we had a supervisor who who sadly died last year um uh in a in a car not related she she got hit by a car um and when she made donations though to to this is so sad when she made donations to anti-oil candidates, she used her middle name because that's all public information. Oh, geez. And it's like, you're so afraid that they're going to come after you. There's so many politicians around here that are afraid of the oil and gas. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess, it, you know, like Jordan just said, you know, you're, you may not get elected again. They might find somebody better to come up after you. Um, but I don't know. I do agree with the comment that it's existential. And I agree with you also about the uh, inflation, inflation reduction. That could have been a really, really great bill. So the thing that we talk about this all the time, Heather, um, it's absolutely insane that the city that we live in, Oxnard, has three power plants that are yeah. directly on the beach. Yeah. Well. And we just happen to live in a city that's 80% black, brown, and indigenous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no yes. other city in Ventura County that has anything even remotely comparable to that. 